the ball, Jimenez! Welcome into uh, the first episode of the International Players Anthem in a while. Uh, you're not mistaken, my name is not Ramon Ramirez. This is Stephen Whiting, usually sitting in the analyst role, but we're kind of doing an ad hoc uh, Euro 2016 prediction podcast with Matt Cook. Uh, if you recognize the name, it's probably because you follow his columns uh, week by week doing the fantasy Premier League stuff for us at brojackson.com. A uh, huge Italy fan. Um, so Matt, let's, uh, let's just get right into it here. Uh, certainly at Euro. And I know that for me, there's a, this tournament is always interesting because there's always a Cinderella story. And, and certainly when Ramon and I talk about these tournaments, we talk about, uh, sort of their parallel with March Madness. And so, uh, this tournament is, is of course notable for, for shock victories, 92 Denmark, 2004, uh, Greece shocking the world. Uh, that's the first Euro that I that really sticks out clearly in my mind. And I re- recall you and I were both in, I think, high school. We had just begun high school. So, um, and and I believe we pay-per-viewed that, that final match, did we not? Yeah, we did. Uh, I remember it was a big deal. Um, it was about four of us, I think, just sitting on the couch yeah. in, the, uh, in the old living room, watching it, watching it uh, unfold. Did, did it go to extra time? No, or did they were to Greece uh, grab it in regular ninety? I I think they scored pretty early in the game and then kind of uh, held out almost like a you know Simeone's Atletico Madrid you know just packing it in and, and staying organized. I'm pretty sure they scored in the first half, but um, it's been twelve years, so my my memory yeah. may be a little uh. fuzzy on that. But. Uh, so anywho, that's that's certainly a, a memory that sticks out for the both of us. Um, it, certainly in the years since, um, there have been some some interesting runs. There's always a team, you know, Turkey, I believe, in 2008 it was uh, was kind of where they were kind of the cardiac kids, and then Russia went on a run that year as well. Um, 2012, uh, certainly I was rooting for Ireland, and and they. Uh, were an unbelievable disaster at that tournament. Um, I can't even remember <laughs> who who the Cinderella was at 2012, but uh, regardless, uh, they've they've kind of opened it up this year. Typically, it's been a 16-team tournament, I believe, or maybe even smaller than that. Um, and this year, we're opening it up to 24, and I think it's it it's also happens to be one of those things, kind of, and this is where the parallel with March Madness comes in, uh, that. You know, when they open the tournament up to 68 teams, all of a sudden we have these 11 seeds, these these teams that would normally be on the outside looking in, making deep runs, you know, like Virginia Commonwealth coming in out of the playoff yeah. game the last couple of years. Um, you know, you, you you're, we're starting to see maybe more parity, I guess you would say. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case in terms of Europe. There's certainly the Blue Bloods, like Germany, Spain, France. Um, but we're also seeing teams that are traditional powers, like maybe Italy, 
um, like maybe England that are going through transitional phases where they're they're kind of handing off the torch from one generation to a next. Uh, and maybe our little Portugal certainly would qualify in this. Uh, maybe not as yeah. strong as we would we would normally consider them. The Netherlands, who finished in the top uh, four at the last World Cup, didn't even make this tournament. So um, I think it's going to be, and in, in, I'm sure you'll agree with me, maybe a more wild tournament than what we're used to. Just with all of I'm these, hoping so. These, yeah, me too. Just with a lot of these these other teams getting in. So uh, I think what we're going to do here, we're going to go. Well, actually, before we go, I want to go group by group and then kind of walk through the bracket, and we'll we'll see where that takes us over the next thirty minutes to an hour. But is there anything before we get started, Matt, that really sticks out to you uh, as as maybe a storyline going into this tournament? Um, I think the the biggest one I just read earlier today that uh, Rafael Varane, Spain's you know probably best defender, is hurt. Um, I'm I'm curious to see how they're gonna how they're gonna hold up. Uh, you know being that big of a man down, I'm, I can't think of the names off the top of my head who um who would be who'd be there to re- replace him. You know certainly like one of the best defenders in the game, especially Real Madrid. I mean, he's ridiculously fast, too. So, um, missing a key man in their back line. Yeah. That's probably one of the first ones that sticks out to me. And then, uh, I guess the second would be, you know, Wayne Rooney starting. How long is that going to last? Yeah. Um, so, is it official? Roy's, is he there going with him this Friday? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what Roy said. Interesting. Well, Roy Hodgson. Yeah, he said he's going to, well, it's his captain. He's going to start as captain. So, I think, I think that'll be... Uh, you know, well, you know, you know the English media. It'll if it works, he's a genius. If not, it's just going to be like bench him. That's true. Well, and I think so. what makes England an interesting team to watch right now is this kind of uh, the way the younger guard is kind of storming to the forefront with players like Della Ali and uh, Raheem Sterling and Harry Kane. And so I, you know, I could certainly see from from an ex- experience standpoint pairing, you know, maybe Kane and Rooney. You know, it, it, when you're on the world stage, there's no substitute for experience. I think so. You know, early on in the tournament to kind of get their footing, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe that's you know he's just playing it cautious in that regard, and then maybe we see uh, a Jamie Vardy coming off the bench for 30 minutes, which may be the difference in this tournament. You know, I think that when we get to a tournament like this, where a lot of the teams, especially in Europe are fairly evenly matched, you know, the, the difference is maybe how you finish the game than how you start. And that may be what Hodgson's tipping his cap to, but, um, certainly noteworthy. And, and I'm glad you brought it up because that hadn't crossed my radar. Um, yeah. Anything that uh, sticks out to you? Um, uh, just to me that, you know, France is the only team that sticks out to me as a true favorite. Germany's banged up. Spain's kind of in transition. Uh, we saw some really interesting qualifying groups shake out. Um, you know, Iceland was really strong in qualifying. Um, you know, Italy was strong in qualifying, but they came out of kind of a weak group and, you know, Antonio Conte is kind of, you know, saying that maybe this isn't the strongest Italian group we've had in a while. Um, but that could be a psychological thing. So I think the jury, the jury for me is really out on Italy. I have no idea what to expect from them. Um, Wales kind of surprised some folks by winning a group 
with Belgium, I believe. Uh, they may have finished second in that group, actually. Nope. Yes, they did finish second. They finished second by two points. But they probably should have won the group. I think they led from wire to wire, and they they uh, only finished two points off. Um, and I think just in terms of what, what's going to happen with Wales, where do we see them finishing? You know, they've, they've certainly got the cachet in, in Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey and Ashley Williams. But, um, you know, you just never know at a tournament like this. So... Uh, to me, those are the big storylines. Uh, you know, is Germany the same Germany, and how do the European powers fare here? But for me, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and get this out of the way. I think France is a clear favorite. Uh, it certainly helps that they're playing at home. You know, if they don't have Verane, that's tough for them. But you know, as long as they've got Koscielny and some of those other guys. Uh, that was Spain. No, Verane's French. Oh, is he? Yes, he's French. I, th- I thought he was Spanish. He, he plays in Spain, but Ah, oh, okay. I, read, I must have read that wrong. Whoops. So, I, I guess let's start at the top with Group A. Uh, who do you who do you like out of Group A, and and what are you thinking? I'm still shocked by Iran. I, I could have swore already. Eh, regardless, well, you, you doesn't it matter. That's the great thing about it. Uh, I, did, I did, I did. No, Lille, France. There you go. Um, Spain, 100%. I've said... <laughs> France, Group A, hundred percent. I, I mean, I think they're gonna. I think they're just gonna stroll through the group with ease. Um, I think I. We kind of did like an office pool, and uh, we went out and actually wrote down the score lines as well. And um, let's see, I don't think I have them conceding a goal. Nope, I don't. Not in the first round. So you're you're yeah. farther along. You've been a little more in depth than I did on this tournament <laughs> thus far. But yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. Now, who to me, it's a battle for second place in this group, and I'm curious who you who you have in the second spot. I, you know, I have a Switzerland kind of getting off to a rough start. I have them drawing with Albania in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with Romania up next, I think I think they'll just totally. Thrash them. I'm going to two nil. Um, so I, I think I have them advancing um, with four points in second place. South Switzerland, but I mean, come tournament time, who knows? Maybe we'll get some some sweet moves from Albania or Romania. And just <laughs> you know, grab second. You know, um, I actually have Albania coming in second here, but I, you know, I think this is one of those tournaments where. Anything could happen. I think I, I would agree with you. I think it's France's group to lose, and I don't think it's going to be very close. But you know, Switzerland finished second in a group that had England and and not really anybody else. You could make an argument for Slovenia. You know, they've been to a World Cup um, recently. Mm-hmm. They're 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 not they're no slouch. Um, Albania came out of a group though with Portugal, with Serbia, with. Um, who else is in that group? It was a it was a it was a smaller group. They came out of that that kind of like bastard group, but you mm-hmm. know Denmark is is always a team a team that you know pushed Sweden in the playoff rounds. Armenia is is a small country, but I mean they it's a team that has pushed Germany in friendlies. I mean they're they're no slouch either. So I think Albania is really going to surprise a lot of people. They've got a lot of guys who 
whose name you might recognize but certainly aren't stars. And I think those are the teams that are the most dangerous a lot of times. You know, we, we talk about Turkey in 2008. Um, you know, it's kind of those – or even Bosnia, what they what they did to get it to a World Cup. You know, having those mm-hmm. guys that maybe don't have that uh, name recognition or, you know, maybe play in leagues that aren't accessible or interesting to English speakers – um, those teams, to me, are always the most dangerous. Russia is another team that seems to always kind of come out of that that sort of um, bubble. So I actually have Albania there and Switzerland third. I think we both agree Romania um, probably not going to make it out of this in anywhere but fourth place. Yeah. I, I can't remember if it was Albania or Romania, but uh, one of them were like odds-on favorite to score like the least goals. Yeah, it's in the tournament. It's um, would not surprise me if uh, the top two choices for that in this tournament are Romania and Hungary. Yeah, um, I think Northern Ireland was also a close third. Yeah, Northern Ireland is a team that I really want to root for, but uh, you know, I just I think that they've already worked their miracle. Which Northern Ireland actually won the group with Romania, so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just funny that group. So here's that group. That qualifying group was Northern Ireland, who finished first, Romania finished second, Hungary finished third, and then mm. won in the playoff. Finland finished fourth. I don't remember. I can check that right now. Thank you, wonders of the internet. Um, that was also the qualifying gr- group that had Greece and the Faroe Islands in it. So all three of those teams, uh, you're certainly uh, – you know, not in a minority if you think that it's a tall order. Hungary upset Norway in the uh, uh, that's right. playoff. So uh, good for them. That that's that. Um, moving on to Group B, this is one that uh, I kind of equate this group, and this is the, a similar group to what it was at the World Cup to the to England's group actually at the World Cup that had England, Italy. Uruguay and Costa Rica. Um, this time around for Euro specifically, it's England, Russia, Slovakia, and Wales. There are no cupcakes in this group. A lot of people look at Slovakia and say, well, it's Slovakia. But Slovakia led its qualifying group for the first seven games. They were perfect, I think, or maybe drew once. Upsetting Spain in Spain, I believe, in, in match day two. Uh, now, they ended up finishing second in that group, but uh, you know that's a team you got to watch out for. Wales led its qualifying group, had a chance to clinch it, uh, ended up giving it up to Belgium there toward the end. England pretty much strolled through theirs. And then you got Russia, and we just – who knows with Russia, you know? I mean, it's – they always seem to get here, and they're either a complete disaster or a quiet Cinderella. So – uh, what are you thinking in terms of, of how this group shakes out? Because, you know, I've heard things from as, as from a Wales implosion to Wales could win the whole thing. <laughs> Actually, Wales is, the Wales is my dark horse. To win the uh, whole thing? For the, not, not to win the whole thing. That would be kind of cool. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I haven't gone to the semifinals. Wow, um, but okay. We can, we can get to that later. I actually have them winning this group. Okay. Um, I, I, I think I think they steal it against Slovakia in the first game, and uh, and uh, England and Russia draw. You know, typical mm-hmm. first match for England, and you know, solid point for Russia. Um, oh, also, Slovakia only scored one goal, but now that you just told me this, I uh, I might you know 
have changed that had I known that mm-hmm. ahead of time. But um, um, I, I have uh, you know England Wales pulling out the draw. I think I think uh, England gets an early lead and then Bale just you know works some magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then Wales winning their final match against Russia. Um, but uh, yeah, I have uh, I have Wales getting seven points out of this group. Um, in England, uh, getting five. Yeah, I um, I definitely I mean, think so, that most people have those as their top two. I think you know I'm just not ready to pull the trigger on Wales just yet. Even though I mean, you talk about a group they went toe to toe with Belgium in, and, and of course Belgium we shouldn't anoint yet. This is the team that you know has always been sort of the like when will they realize their talent sort of team, but. You know, they got past Bosnia, which has, you know, really come on late over the last decade um, since it's gained its independence and become a UEFA, um, you know, member. Israel's, you know, not a great team, but, you know, certainly if Norway can make the European playoffs, you would think you would put Israel maybe up there in that category. So, um, you know, it wasn't the most difficult group, but it wasn't a, a terribly easy group, and they, they held their own. Uh, and for a team that I don't think has been to a major international tournament since the uh, 70s or 80s, it could be even longer than that, um, you know, this it's just the fact that they're there is a story in and of itself. But I think that uh, when you have a player the caliber of Gareth Bale, uh, and he certainly showed it on the European stage at the club level for over the last five years or so, um, and you have a player of the stature of Ashley Williams manning the back and probably what will be his last major tournament as an, as an you know, at a – he's probably on the downside of his prime now. But, um, you know, this is probably Wales' best shot for a while to capitalize. So it will certainly be interesting. qualified for anything in how long? I mean – I You know, honestly, I'll bet it's since uh, – it's – I think it's since Mexico, since 86. Um, mm-hmm. But do not quote me on that. It has been decades plural. I know that much. Um, and for any of our friends over in Great Britain, um, you know, or that area, those those thereabouts, um, forgive me for not knowing my Welsh footballing history. Um, but I should, I should know a bit more with Andy King, but... Uh... Sorry, sorry, Andy. <laughs> uh, so I, but so the big question for me, honestly, Matt, is I, I think England is the best team, overall team in this group. I think Wales has some nice pieces. I think Slovakia is a team that is probably has maybe the most chemistry out of out of all the teams, and then Russia, I think, is a complete wild card. Um, I, I have Russia finishing fourth. I have England finishing first, and I have gone back and forth so many times on how I feel about Wales and Slovakia. And I, I think you do have to give an edge to Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, some of the other guys that the uh, you know that Wales has. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot of Swansea guys if you follow the Premier League. Um, and yeah, I think even Sam Vokes. Yeah, Sam, Sam Vokes uh, from uh, yeah. Burnley, I believe. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, really a lot was expected of him when they were in the Premier League, but injuries just didn't allow it. Um, so we'll see. It's it's certainly, as we get into the teams from, um, you know, the, the British Islands there, you know, Wales, Northern Ireland, Ireland, um, England, uh, the, the smaller countries that you don't normally hear about as much are very, very interesting. 
Um, and I'm, it, it's just, it's hard to, because as English speakers, we're definitely given a, a kind of a, you know, rose tinted view of them because the bulk of our information comes from British media. So, um, it will be interesting to see, you know, how much optimism, uh, belongs there and how much, you know, it, it will be interesting to see how that unfolds because I think anyone in Europe would be incorrect to assume anything about Wales or Ireland or Northern Ireland for that matter. Um, because we just haven't had much of a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a trial run or, you know, and, and international soccer changes so much because of uh, the lack of playing time or, you know, time together as a team and stuff. And certainly as American fans, we've witnessed that since the World Cup. So um, it will be interesting to see how that shakes out. But I think you and I both probably, uh, we agree England and Wales are the top two out of there. Uh, we disagree on how exactly they finish in that group. But um, I, I think that, um, I think that Slovakia probably is going to be the third team out of there. Certainly, you're welcome to disagree. I know that you picked it differently. Um, but, but I think they're a team we're going to see in the knockouts as one of the four third-place finishers that makes it. So. I mean, I think um, if, uh, if it was Slovakia that advanced in third, would they go to play on the winner of uh, Group C? I, I believe that's correct because in the bracket I filled out, they, t they, they drew the unpleasant task of getting Germany in the first knockout. Uh, uh, see, yeah. I'm facing a different foe, but we can talk about that in Group C. <laughs> so, who do you... <laughs> uh, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. That's not uh, who I had playing there. Um, because I have Poland winning Group C. That's, oh, and my that's, God. And me that's too. Okay, so... That, that, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's, no, let's talk about this, because I don't know that that's <laughs> going to be a popular pick. Um, but I... <laughs> I, you know, if you don't have Poland as your dark or as a dark horse, they need to be on your dark horse radar. If they're not your dark horse, that's fine. But Poland, Slovakia, Wales, those need to be teams, Belgium, that you have circled. Probably not Slovakia, but Wales... Are Belgium a dark horse anymore? I mean, you know, they're... Well, they haven't lived to up to their billing Europe. yet. So, uh, you know, I mean, they so finished, what, They're the finally? arsenal of... <laughs> well, I, don't, I, I mean, but think about it. Before, <laughs> their team's still super young. Um, you know, True. they're without well, Vincent Company, mm. but yeah. they also have, um, Alder Varel and, yeah. uh, oh, who's the other guy at Tottenham? Vertonghen? Uh, Vertonghen, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a huge advantage for, for Belgium. Um, but we can get to that when we get to their group. Let's talk, let's talk Germany, Poland, Northern Ireland, Ukraine. Uh, so we both, we're both kind of going against the green here. I have Poland winning this. Uh, group, and I'll tell you why, uh, at least for me, and uh, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. Number one, Robert Lewandowski is maybe very quietly the most effective striker in the game right now. Um, more so than Ronaldo, I would say. Um, more so than maybe even Sergio Aguero. Uh, more so than maybe Messi. Uh, I, you know, to me, him and Antoine Griezmann may be the two most, uh, and again, most effective. I'm not saying the most talented. I'm not saying the best rounded players, but the most effective forward striker type players in the game in Europe right now, to me, are Robert Lewandowski and Antoine Griezmann of France, who plays for Atletico Madrid. Um, and I think that 
Germany, people don't realize, Germany won the World Cup with four center backs playing across their back four. Um, they going to absolutely crush Germany because they stuck Boateng out on an island. He, he just got killed. Um, they then switched it up to Lom as they got into the knockouts and played France, and that ended up being the difference to me in kind of getting Germany over the hump. Um, but, you know, they're banged up in defense right now, and I just think that – in two, and these are two teams that came out of the same qualifying group as well in the uh, in the build-up to this in what was an extremely difficult group. I don't know how much you watched that, Matt, but it was Germany, Poland, Ireland, and Scotland neck and neck until I think the final two match days, and then Scotland finally fell out. Um, and then Ireland ended up going to the playoff and got through against Bosnia. So – I, I'm going to give a slight edge to Poland, even though Germany has won most of the matches head up over the last couple years. Um, I've got Poland. I, I have Germany in second. You just can't deny them. I mean, even on a bad day, their C team is as good as anybody in Europe. It seems like it's just an. Right. It's just an, it's kind of like Argentina. You know, okay, you got your top five players. You know, aren't going to play. Let's see who's next up. Oh my gosh, those are superstars at all of their clubs. Um, so I've got Poland, Germany. I like Northern Ireland. I think Ukraine's kind of a disappointment. I think the discipline of the Northern Irish, they're certainly going to be outgunned and outmanned, but I like them to finish third in this group with Ukraine fourth. Yeah, that, that's exactly how I have it going as well. Interesting. So maybe I'm not alone. I thought maybe I was I was a little crazy. No, I, I tried to channel my inner you on this one. You usually go with the crazy picks. and I don't know. I, felt, I, think, uh, I think this might be the highest scoring group of the tournament. Yeah, or certainly um, at the top between Poland and Germany. Yeah, I mean, with the amount of firepower against the lesser teams, like I think I think Germany will uh, will take Ukraine in the first game. Yeah, uh, I think Poland edges it against Northern Ireland. I even have Northern Ireland scoring a goal. Yeah, you know, Northern Ireland has been they've been interesting. I mean, they don't really have any superstar names, and I I'm, I will be real, very curious to see what happens with their manager after this uh after euro and i i think i've been telling you as we discussed sort of swansea's um you know manager search that that was a guy that i would have at the top of my list um just in the way he's been able to organize them and you know they won their qualifying group uh granted wasn't the most powerful qualifying group but the top three teams in it are all here so yeah make of that what you will i i just think that um, and we'll get to this when we get to Italy's group here in a second. I just think that if you can't score goals, you're just not going to make it out. And so I, grabbed, I have grabbed a few in their last well, their that's last true. Pre-game. <laughs> but again, against who? Who were they playing that day? You know, I watched it in my cubicle. Like, I should remember that. I'll take a look here. Again, the wonders uh, of recording a podcast while uh, in front of a computer. Yeah. They beat, they drew Slovakia, and then they beat Belarus, and then they beat Slovenia. Uh, Finland. It's Finland. So, it's Finland who they played on the um, their last their last um, warm-up match, I guess okay. you'd call it. Yeah. Yeah, Immobile didn't quite perform as well as Oh, you're talking about Italy. Hoped. I thought you were still talking about Northern Ireland. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, you were talking about the goal scoring. So, I thought you were getting into... Jump the gun. 
My yep, apologies. Yeah. But we will we will discuss because and that is my question for Italy: Who scores the goals? I know you've got an answer. We'll we'll wait on that. But to recap, Group C probably the first big surprise from both you and I. We both have Poland topping this group with Germany finishing second, Northern Ireland third, Ukraine fourth. And I have Northern Ireland, for the, the six third-place teams that move on, I have them finishing as one of the bottom two third-place teams and not making it through to the knockout stage. Group D, Matt. Oh, moving on to Group D. Group D. Group D. Oh, move over. Move. Czech Republic. Yeah? Is that your team? That's my team. I'm, going, I'm all Czech. Okay. All the time. Check me out. Check out Matt's first pick, the Czech Republic. Yeah. So, so Matt, what, just tell me how you see this group shaking out. Just walk me through the games. Well, now that I've confused Spain's injuries with France's, um, clearly I'm not to be trusted. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, you got you have still have a solid goalie in Petr Cech, right? Um, and I mean, half their team plays for some of the. Um, top clubs all around Europe. Um, sorry, pulling up a list so I don't sound any more ridiculous than I already did. But uh, you know, Petr Cech. Well, you know, Ivan Rakitic, right? Um, let's see. Why is it so hard to pull up their roster? Uh, Thomas Brzezicki, still a pretty huge name. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. You know, not anymore. Well, still, still kind of. I mean, he's kind of out of his prime, but that's a name that certainly, if you follow the Premier League in England, is going to be on your radar. I believe he just his contract just ended at Arsenal, and they had a big uh, sending off for him. But yeah, the che- and the Czechs came out of an interesting group. That was a group, I believe, with I- not Ireland, Iceland, the Netherlands, who didn't make it, Turkey. Um, so certainly, no slouches in that group. I would equate that group to maybe as tough, maybe one step below. Uh, that Germany qualifying group that had Ireland, Scotland, Germany, Poland, and Georgia in it. So, yeah, but uh, that's kind of again, that's another wild card pick. I I wouldn't be surprised if Croatia. Um, again, I already I already got Czech Republic players mixed up with Croatia, so I apologize about that again. <laughs> On fire today. <laughs> um, but. Um, but yeah, I see this group kind of also as, as a as a toss up. Um, I would agree I with mean, that. Spain plays Czech Republic the first game. If if Spain doesn't quite get the result, and maybe you know Turkey or Croatia sneak one, mm-hmm. you know, then they start to group off on a solid foot. I mean, you definitely expect Spain, you know, even if they did struggle their first game, either to you know at least advance on the third place, mm-hmm. like as one of the top third place teams. Um, that wouldn't. That wouldn't be surprising at all. But, I mean, you know, they may come out and, and snatch the group. Um. Well, I think that's what makes it difficult for us. Again, we, you know, as Americans, as English speakers, we are pretty much limited to, in terms of high-quality soccer journalism or football journalism, depending on where you hail from as an English speaker. Um, we're limited to what the British resources give us or what uh, they've pulled through a network of, of sort of, um, you know, dual 
bilingual speakers, etc. So a lot of the guys from the Croatia, or from the Croatia, from the Czech Republic, from Croatia, um, from Slovenia, Slovakia, these places, you know, they may play in Russia, or they may play in Germany, or they may play in Croatia or the Czech Republic. And so, you know, the the feeling is that, well, these leagues aren't that great. Um, how good can they be? But you know, as we have seen in any international tournament, you can use Costa Rica from this, this past World Cup as an example. If you play good soccer as a team, it doesn't matter how high or low the individual ceiling is. It really doesn't. You know, we see deep runs. We've seen South Korea make a run to the Final Four in a World Cup. So, um, you know, it it doesn't matter. It's all about, you know, do you have the discipline to play as a team and the talent to do special things when the moment calls for it? Um, you know, do you see any team out of this group making a run to the semifinals aside from Spain at best? Probably not. Maybe Croatia, um, but, you know, you maybe. You know, Spain going down, and I believe I have Croatia going. Yeah, I have Croatia losing to Wales and Spain going down as well. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, as I look at the uh, Croatian roster, I, there's, there's, there's pretty stacked names here. Yeah, I mean, you got Modric, you got Rakitic. Uh, did Perisic make their final roster? Um, who? Uh, Ivan Perisic plays at Wolfsburg. Oh, yep, yep, he's there. Um, you know, Mario Mandzukic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andre Andre Kramerich after his move yeah. got a lot of got a lot of goals. Now, I you know, I want you to stop contract. for a second and tell people a little bit <laughs> about Andre Kramerich because um, you know if you follow the game somewhere a Above semi closely, you're gonna recognize that name because there was a it was a big deal when he moved from Croatia to the English Premier League. Now he really didn't get much of an opportunity in the English Premier League, which was unfortunate because when he did, he was pretty effective, I thought. Um, but and he, I would imagine, he probably got a ring. He he made the decision to spurn Chelsea two years ago to join Leicester City, Matt's beloved Leicester City. So we're going to hear a little bit more from Matt in depth on this. Um, and I remember you and I discussed this at length early in this season before Vardy and Mares and everybody got really hot that I didn't understand why he wasn't getting time. Uh, and and then he, he was loaned out to Hoffenheim in Germany, who uh, I believe it was, was it Hoffenheim? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Hoffenheim. It was Hoffenheim. And they had their own crazy story in of itself. They're kind of Leicester of two years ago. Uh, they were a team that was dead last in the Bundesliga, fired their manager, hired their new manager is 28 years old, bring in Kramerich, and they not only stayed alive but finished almost up in the, into the top half. Um, in large part thanks to – he certainly was not the most important player, but he was one of the top three most important players, uh, Andre Kramerich. And this guy is going to be a global superstar. Give it two more years. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you kill it in Germany, you can end up, you know, either at uh, Dortmund or Munich. So um, probably more Dortmund, if anything, mm -hmm. you know, assuming he continues his. So uh, yeah, so, I mean, scoring record, but um, yeah, you just, um, the the he just didn't suit the style of play. Like when they bought him for what ten million mm -hmm. in January, he was supposed to be the kind of guy that went out and got goals. But 
they never really played to his style because you know every time he gets the ball he's looking to he looks to, cre to create you know kind of hold the ball up um, instead of you know attack the goal which is what you definitely see more about them now I mean anytime they counterattack um, he also he also didn't press he, he you know where he didn't press where like 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 Shinji Okazaki did over the season who was also uh, a very underrated player at Mainz in Germany uh, and one of their best players that club's best players ever I could go all day on these random things but you're yeah. I, I'm glad you brought it up because the the Kramerich thing is not a it's it wasn't a talent thing it was as you said a style of play thing and so yeah it was a panic box he had you know some 25 30 goals in you know as many games mm -hmm. and um you know, the, I guess the you know the argument was he'd get more playing time at Leicester, which did not happen, uh, unfortunately. Because I think yeah. you know you could probably ask any fan to grab him out of there. They wanted him to succeed. Um, you know, he's an exciting name, young guy. He's only 24, um, so I think everybody was kind of hoping that um, you know you know he would just you know lead us to the promised land, which yeah. um, it turned out it was you know Jamie Vardy all along. Um, so well, I think that he kind of falls into this category of maybe the way Kevin De Bruyne did at Chelsea. Um, you know, there was never any question about the talent on the table, but you have to fit into the manager's style of play and, and into the team chemistry. And he just never did. I think I think you're absolutely right on that. So uh, yeah. you, you made he a good point. enough. He got a winner's medal. Yeah. So and thank you for your time. <laughs> yeah. I know. He stopped a goal. I can't remember who gets that. Well, I think it was against uh, Liverpool. It was like like Schmeichel had come up to clear the ball, and he'd missed, but he like ran all the way back and cleared it off the line or something. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. but it was definitely one for the highlight reel on the opposite side. But, yeah, no, wish him well for Croatia and Hoffenheim. Say that again. I said, oh, wish him well for uh, Croatia and Hoffenheim. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I think I think the move worked out for all parties. Uh, you know, he's playing regularly. Oh, definitely. He's going to go on to do his thing. Um, Lester obviously didn't need him, and so and I believe they made a profit. So um, if not, again, they're they're going to. <laughs> so yeah, uh, um, Champions League that uh, that'll pay for any losses. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm glad that you brought up the talent and you've kind of listed off. I have Croatia second for that reason. I mean, they're they're a very solid team. Um, I really actually have the Czech Republic finishing fourth. I think that uh, I just don't I don't see it. I think they're an okay team that benefited from Netherlands self destructing. Um, and I actually have Turkey finishing above them, um, which is interesting because both those teams were in the same qualifying group, but. I think there's a clear divide to me between Spain and Croatia. I love Spain's roster. I thought that bringing in Nolito and bringing in Adariz and Lucas Vazquez and Alvaro Morato, uh, you know, it brings in kind of some fresh names that aren't going to be at the front of most pe people's, excuse me, mind. But uh, that core is still there. David Silva is there. Pedro is there. Cesc Fabregas is there. Tiago Alcantara is there. Iniesta, Coque. Sorry, I'll say. What do you feel about um, about Juan Mata being left out? I mean, move, the, the thing with the Spanish national team, there's always going to be somebody left out that doesn't fit the mold. I mean, 
Mata is a great player. I love Juan Mata. I think he's really, since le- since he's left Spain, gotten a raw deal. He got a raw deal at Chelsea. He got a raw deal at Manchester United, in my opinion. Even though he's largely been successful at both places, I don't think that he's been uh, used appropriately, I guess you would say, at, at either place, like he was at Valencia. Um, but, I mean, it's always going to be David Silva starting, probably always going to be Iniesta. Um, you know, Cesc Fabregas really has never had a great showing for the Spanish national team. You know, he's always sort of been a bit part, um, whether it was playing as a false nine or what have you. So I think this Spanish national team is a team that a lot of people are going to be counting out. They've, they've, you know, they've, they've kind of transitioned away from Francisco Torres, from uh, David Villa, who of course now plays in MLS. And they've sort of been trying to find their feet, especially up top. Um, yeah. I don't Snow, see them winning Diego the whole Costa thing. Diego Costa too. Yeah, Diego Costa. Um, and, you know, we could talk at length about that arrangement. Um, but, you know, Nolito has been on fire for Celta Vigo. Uh, he's played really well in the friendlies leading up to this. Uh, Morata's been killing it for Juventus, too. Right. Morata Vasquez helping Real Madrid win the Champions League. So, you know, I think Spain's a team, you, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh, they're washed up. But they've worked in some great youth here. Uh, like you said, Morata, Bellerin at Arsenal, I think, is fantastic. Um, you've, Gerard Piquet is only 29 years old. It seems like he should be 35 because he's been around <laughs> right. forever. You know, Sergio but Ramos in, is in, only 30. It might just click, um, you know, and then they could be back on top of the world. Yeah. So, And that's, yeah. this is the thing that I didn't realize. If they win Euro, it would be their third straight. It doesn't feel like that, you know. It felt like well, they were... the Germany, you know, in between the World no, it, Cup. No, it would be the third consecutive Euro that Spain has won. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be the first time ever. Right, and so it doesn't feel like that because, like you say, Germany has emerged. Spain just completely flamed out at the last World Cup, and so we we kind of think of them as a fallen uh, pillar, I guess, if you will. Um, but I, I, this is a team that I have in the semifinals. I, and honestly, I didn't until I sat down and filled out my bracket, and I got to thinking about it. And I thought, you know, this team is still really dangerous. You know, it's kind of like when you see Duke in your NCAA bracket as a four or five seed, and you're like, yeah, I mean, they haven't been number one all year, but it's still Duke talent. You know, right? So I, that's the way I feel about Spain. I again, Spain one, Croatia two, toss up Czech Republic and Turkey for me, three and four. Yeah, I went a little wild. I'll probably read that, but hey, that's what that's what's fun about this, right? Well, and that's why we're hashing it out. And I'm sure, yeah. you know, for those of you listening at home, um, and you're like, "Boy, these assholes are all over the place." Yeah, we are, <laughs> because that's what's fun about this, man. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna stop wasting. To pick your favorites. Yeah, I'm gonna stop wasting your time, Matt. I'm gonna turn you loose because it's groupie and it's Italy. <laughs> it's my boys. Yeah. Well, and your boys are in there too. I always, I always hate it when you know. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, um, it seemed like there's always a run there where you, you know, you'd have Italy and USA in the same, in the same, you know, World Cup group, and it's like, well, come on now. Yeah, and, and it's you, hard. It's hard for your home country. Right. You, you got to cheer on America, but you like to see them both advance. But you know, it doesn't always work out that way, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, you know, I think it would be absolutely hilarious if, if somehow, you know. Italy and Ireland made it. Um, the, you know, the, the last time Italy and Sweden were in a uh, in a Euro group, it was when you know 
we got the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. The first time we got the pay-per-view back in, uh, like when never, oh four? No. Yeah, 2004. Yeah, oh yeah, four. Um, Memories. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know, uh, well, yeah, I think Sweden took that game 2-1. Italy pretty much just washed out of the tournament. Um, I think that's right. I think it was the final group yeah. game, if I recall. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't. I don't remember that far. <laughs> that was <laughs> a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. No, That's, I just remember to tell you, down to tell you how long that. ago yeah. that was. Mark Wilmots, if I'm pretty sure I'm correct on this, who is the the coach of Belgium, was I think the captain of Belgium in that tournament. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, because because uh, he used to tear it up on uh, on on old red, red card. card. Yeah. <laughs> Which he after this podcast, I have something to tell you about Red Card, but we will not uh, we will not distract <laughs> from the the task at hand, which is breaking this group down. So I'm just uh, going going to assume: Do you have Italy number one, or do you have a compelling I argument? Do, I do, and I the only reason I have them as number one is because Belgium is their first game. Okay, and why does that matter um, to you? I well, I think that I think that they if they can just grind out a result against Belgium, a draw is what I have them doing, they'll be fine. Um, I, I think I think the back three, or however Conte plays, um, which, you know, flip a coin, you know, yeah. call, call, your, call your local horoscope line. <laughs> well, and for those um, that, that don't know, Conte, the, this modern run from Juventus right now, which is unprecedented in Italy where they've won now, is it five, four straight? Or is it five? Five, five straight. Serie A titles. That's half a decade. Yeah. Think about that. Let that sink in. Um, yeah. He's the one that built that, traditionally on a 3-5-2. Now, Italy's personnel, and, and you know, I kind of alluded to this earlier, Matt, they're sort of in a transitional period. Defensively, and maybe in the midfield too even, um, maybe I don't know that there may be a better talented team defensively, and that's not even talking about discipline. We're just talking about pure talent on the field. Um but, you know, he, he's more of an attacking-minded guy, and he doesn't really have those pieces, I don't think. Um, so is that kind of what you're alluding to in terms of his, his, his lineup, that he, he may have to tinker a little bit? Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, the tournament, you'll have to tinker. It just depends on, you know, whether he wants to play to his strengths or try and, you know, hinder the other teams. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if... If Belgium are who they are, then they'll they'll completely you know swap this group to the side. You know, just I agree. Totally trash it. You know, like like they did in the last World Cup. I mean, you know, we won't talk about in detail the Wondolowski shot, but uh, we'll honor the Secretary of uh, Defense and his miraculous goalkeeping. Yeah, they kept us in that game for as long as we as we probably shouldn't have been. Um, we were in that game about a hundred <laughs> minutes longer than we should have been. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you know, I think I think that um, you know, I've I've the first two matches of this group going as one-one draws. Um, I, I have Sweden going on as one as. Um, wait a minute. What happened here? Anyway, yeah. Looking at this. Looking at our online bracket that we made, then also trying to compare it to my uh, written handwritten one. one. Yeah. Um, 
I've, you know, I actually have Sweden advancing as a third place team in this group, so um, only to get trashed by France. But <laughs> um, it could easily be Republic of Ireland, or you know, it could be Belgium or Italy. They go in third place. Um, you know, that in 2012, that was kind of that was kind of Italy's only chance. Like they just they just ran out of gas in that last game against Spain. Yeah. Like they had just given it their entire all, and. Um, you know, then Keeling, he went down, and then Spain scored two more goals, and that scoreline looked a lot, you know, didn't really reflect the actual... Yeah, Spain <laughs> um, was not four goals better than Italy uh, in that, certainly in that tournament um, as, a, as a whole. But yeah, there were mm -hmm. some extenuating circumstances. Uh, the thing that, that, and I have to say this about both Italy, and this qualifies too a little bit for Ireland, who's going to score the goals for Italy? I mean, Adair. I, I mean, Adair, Adair Pele you know, for he's Italy. Only, he's, he's only played, what, four matches for him, though? I mean, he's relatively new to the international scene, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, and so then you've got, I, I think that most most people will probably recognize Stefan al name, having played at AC Milan, um, and uh, yeah. he moved somewhere else this year. Um, yeah. I can't remember. Monaco, I think. It's a... Um, that sounds right. Yeah, he went to Monaco. Um, uh, well, uh, I th you know, I, I think I think they'll start at Adair. I think they'll play with two forwards, Adair and Pella at the top. Pella, yeah. And Pella, and, of course, uh, Southampton. A lot of people will, will recognize his name. Yeah, and uh, you know, Pella, streaky guy. If if he gets a if he gets a goal in that Belgium, mm -hmm. we could you know we could see him be you know the surprise golden boot winner. And I mean, I know that's that's a giant stretch, but. When, um, you know, when I, the, when I was watching that Finland game, um, the player sticks out to me the most for Italy, if they're going to have any su any success, is Antonio Candreva. Yeah. Um, um, he was actually one of their top scorers in qualifying. This is a team that scored, I think, 16 goals in 10 games. So they don't, they're not going to beat you by putting points on the board. And I think, to me, that's what makes me most nervous about Italy in this group, playing teams like Sweden and Belgium, who, when they get hot, can score goals in bunches. You know, mm -hmm. if Italy gets into a shootout, they're done. I don't expect them to, but, you know, if they're only playing three at the back and you've got Hazard coming at you from one angle and De Bruyne from the other, you know, and you've got Lukaku sitting on Chiellini's shoulder, who knows what happens. But mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think this may be the toughest group to pick, in my opinion. I, would you call it the group of death? Yeah, I would. I would, I think, probably call this the group of death. Let me scroll down, look at these other ones. Yeah, I, I think this is definitely the group of death. I don't think it's very close either. I mean, I you know, but I mean, Ireland's tough too because you know you never know. Like Shane Long is is uh, probably just as fast as like Jamie Vardy. To be fair. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's he showed not, that against the United States. Absolutely torched us in that friendly. Yeah. And not um, to mention Robbie Brady on the left wing, uh, playing coming out of defense. Um, I, yeah, I actually have. Italy he had a strong forward. season at Norwich. Fourth, yes. huh? Yes. Well, that's and just, and that's it's just... for that reason. I just don't know. I see them getting like two draws and a loss. I see them. I see Italy and Belgium both drawing. I see them both play, playing conservatively. I see Ireland and Sweden probably drawing. Uh, Sweden doesn't have much, but if you open up and give Zlatan space, you could be in trouble. And I'm afraid that you know Italy and Sweden. Italy may have to to go at them a little bit to get a result, and Sweden maybe takes advantage of that and finishes third in the group. Uh, I don't, this Italy team, I can't figure them out. They don't. It, when you look at the roster, it's not a bad team. 
it's just not as star-studded maybe as we would have expected or have come to expect an Italy team to be. But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Everybody wrote Italy off in 2006, and what happened? They won the World Cup. So I, I don't – I just – the thing is I don't know about the goals, and it reminds me kind of that 2010 World Cup where they, you know, they didn't play too terrible, but – they ran into a bunch of teams that were just – New Zealand, remember, drew every game in that tournament. And, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what I see happening here. I see Belgium – Belgium is a team that usually doesn't beat itself more than anything. The problem with them is they haven't hit into that Germany gear where we finally see the attacking prowess come out and, and you know, really establish. I completely agree with what you said earlier. If they play to what they're capable of, this group is no contest for them. And I have them, I mean, it's it's so hard to pick against them. And I have Belgium making a run to the semis as well um, before running into France. Uh, I could see Belgium completely shitting the bed, though. That would not surprise me in the slightest. I have Ireland kind of as a default. I don't think Sweden's that great. But I think that all three of those teams are maybe a little bit better poised to find goals than Italy is. I think Italy's the best defensive team in the tournament. I don't think it's even close. But can they can they put the ball in the back of the net and get out of the group? For me, I I don't know. It's probably a stretch to put them at fourth. That's probably stupid on my part. Yeah, um, well, you know, I picked Czech Republic to win, you know, Group D. So you know, we all do crazy things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you see, I mean, who would have picked Cleveland State over Missouri or whatever to your Norfolk State? You know, these things happen. It's in sports. That's why we play the games, right? So. Um, and like we said earlier, that's part of the fun, man. So, so give me your top four. You have Italy one, Belgium two. I would Belgium assume. Two. Yep, Sweden three, Ireland four. Okay, but, and uh, I, I think that any way you shake it out, aside, I, I just can't see Sweden finishing in the top top of the group or Ireland. But no, any unless other... Zlatan just you know scores a hat trick every game. Right. It's a contract I mean... year. He needs a team. <laughs> Crazy, crazier things have happened. So, yeah. um, again, definitely this is the group of death. Any way you shake it, you can make a compelling argument. So uh, we're going to go ahead. Let's get to Group F, and then let's get to the knockouts. Uh, group F, to me, is very interesting. Um, I think a lot of people have, and maybe not, have two teams circled as the top two. And then... who's your Who's your top two? Well, I, I know a lot of people probably aren't going to agree with me, but I have Iceland winning this group. Ooh, all right, all right. I, I think that uh, they play very well as a team. Gilfie Sigurdsson is, is a fantastic player. Um, they've And they've played well. They've played well in qualifying the last two years. They've almost made it to a World Cup. Um, they, I'm pretty sure, won their group. That was the Netherlands-Czech Republic group. Uh, Turkey was in that group. Uh, I think this is it. I think they make the leap. Um, Portugal's kind of a paper tiger. It's a big name. Uh, they've got Ronaldo, but we've seen at the last couple tournaments they don't really have the the spine, the midfield, that uh, at least they haven't shown it. Now, they played very well today against Estonia, won 7-0. Uh, Ricardo <laughs> Quaresma played like it was 2004. Oh, Oh, Ricardo Corezma. Yeah, but and I have them finishing second uh, only because, and this is a lot of people's dark horse, Austria, uh, most notably David Alaba, who plays for Bayern Munich, um, for now anyway, uh, is uh, kind Christian of Christian Fuchs. Yeah, Christian Fuchs of Leicester. Um, Austria is a good team. I think they're definitely going to finish third in this group. I just I can't Ar see Hungary. Arnautovic too, right? 
Arnautovic is Austrian, yes. So they and they that's the thing. They're a good team. They could easily finish in the top three of this group. Um, I just think they're not quite there yet. I think that qualifying for the next World Cup, that that's going to be a team you need to watch out for for sure. Um, I think that yeah, that's a team that I just think not quite yet. Kind of like the way I felt about Belgium in the World Cup coming this past year. Like, you know, perfectly acceptable as a dark horse. I just, they're not quite ready yet. Um, I, they're definitely going to make them knockouts, I think. But I just don't, I don't see them quite making that leap. I have them losing, I believe, in the first knockout stage to uh, Spain. So, uh, but they're a team that, that has both power and finesse. They're kind of a poor man's Spain, I would say. They've got some good youth coming up, um, but they've also got some established veterans that, that won't be scared on this this level of stage. Certainly Fuchs, who you mentioned playing at Schalke, one of the biggest clubs not only in Germany but in Europe, and then winning a Premier League title this year with Leicester. Um, so I go... Six-ish assists, yeah. I mean, guys, guys a wicked left foot, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and they can get up uh, and yeah. down. Yeah, I actually have Austria winning this group. Okay. And uh, Iceland coming in second. Okay. Portugal third. I feel like, um, yes, Hungary, unfortunately, in yeah. fourth. Um, it would be funny if Hungary got third place. I think that would be cool. Um, it would be very interesting. And, again, they all three of the teams in their qualifying group made it. So that's kind of interesting um, out of what is generally perceived to be a weak group with Northern Ireland, Romania, and Hungary. So... Who knows? They could be yeah. better than we thought. Right, yeah. I mean, that's why it's played, not on paper. Um, I think Eider Gudjansson's going to grab him a brace in one game. Yeah. That would be hilarious for Iceland. Um, Old faithful. Yeah, no, I, I see Iceland gets the tough game out. Well, quote-unquote tough game. It's Portugal. You never know what you're going to get with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we would have beat them if it wasn't for, you know, the three extra minutes added on at the end. Or if we knew how to defend a cross, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the World Cup last year, they wouldn't have had to face Belgium, right? I think that's how that, I think that's how that played out. Um, uh, yeah, I believe that's correct. Yeah, I think we would have had somebody else. But, you know, that's two years ago now. Um, but, yeah, see, well, Iceland doesn't play Austria to the last game. Um, so, I, you know, I think they, they eke one out against Portugal and then beat Hungary. Um, I have Austria uh, uh, beating Hungary in their first game. So, you know, getting off on on the right foot there. And then they play Portugal. And um, I feel like, you know, if they just kind of, you know, stymie Nani and and, um, and Ronaldo, which, you know, not never an easy task, but he's a different guy for Portugal. I mean that that team that made it to the final when they hosted it. They had uh, what? The, Raul? They, was he still on the team? Uh, um, they were led by. You're talking about Portugal. Yeah. They were led by Deco and Manish and mm. uh, their forward. I think Figo. That was his last major tournament. Yeah, it was Figo. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah, and when he, and he was on that team too, wasn't he? Who? Oh wait, no, that would have been. No, never Ronaldo mind. was on that team. He was only like was... eighteen or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, I thought I thought he was on the team. I don't. I can't remember. 
Um, you know, we had that little like uh, I can't remember who gave us some soccer coach gave us those like you know upcoming stars, and he was the one for Portugal to like look at. I remember mm-hmm. that. Um. So yeah, but I don't think I don't, they've not really had like a strong team since then, like as a whole. Um. Um, Portugal. Yeah, they've never really fulfilled expectations. Um, you know, the 2006 World Cup, they made a decent run, if I recall. That was when they beat England on penalties and Ronaldo. <laughs> the stamp. Um, and... Yeah, may or may not have gotten Rooney tossed. Depends on how you look at it. Um, but, yeah, they Portugal is a team that, again, the paper tiger, I think, is a good term for them. They they, they carry a lot of weight in that name. But uh, And Ronaldo even said it after the World Cup that, you know, maybe we are all, all just a name at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, I've got them finishing second probably because in a toss-up with Austria, I have to lean with Cristiano Ronaldo, who uh, to me is the best all-around player in the world. Uh, I know a lot of people will say Messi. Um, I, I just think that the tiebreaker for between those two is Ronaldo's physical gifts. Um, and, and I just think that when, when push comes to shove, the experience matters. And Austria just at this point doesn't have it yet. Uh, so let's move to the knockouts. And uh, who do you have in your top game? I have, um, and it may be different because I'm using the Euro Predictor webpage. Do you have that up? Yeah. Um. I think they're all pretty similar. similar. Okay, so my top game is Albania and Germany, which I think would be a lot tougher than people realize. I don't think people give Albania credit, but you got to remember that their team is largely made up of families that fled during the, the Yugoslavian breakup. So it's a term called the diaspora. So a lot of these guys may have grown up in Switzerland or Croatia or Germany or England or wherever. Uh, as as refugees and are now playing for Albania. And I, I just, to me, coming out of a group with Serbia, which is a team that has a ton of individual talent but never seems to put it together, uh, with Portugal, with, uh, oh, who's the other team? I'm already blanking. I had it up earlier for that reason. Uh, it was Portugal, Serbia. Um, uh, did, did, did you say Bosnia or... No, that was a different, was a different group. group. Portugal, Albania, mm. Denmark, Serbia, Armenia. Denmark, that's a really yeah. tough group. Yeah, Denmark. Um, that, that's pretty neck and neck with with Albania in the end, wasn't it? Yes, and uh, Albania moved on by two points, and so Denmark then lost to Sweden in the playoff. Um, that was you know the big Zlatan versus uh, Christian Eriksen type thing uh, was the way that was built. Ended up being 4-3, I think, on aggregate. It was probably the best playoff leg uh, or matchup of all the ones we got, which they, they really weren't that competitive. I was a little disappointed in the European playoffs. but um, So who do you have as your top match? At least... Uh, the Germany, uh, Germany versus uh, Switzerland. It's the Swiss. Okay. So, and then who do you have in that? Uh, Germany. Yeah, uh, I, I have Germany moving on. It's just so hard... Whether they're banged up or not, it's so hard to pick up against Germany. I mean, just the way they've played has been fantastic. Who do you have them facing in the quarterfinals? Uh, uh, you, you know, my ultimate dark horse, the Czech Republic, um, beating Portugal. Okay. And then facing yeah. Germany in the semis, or uh, the quarters? In, yeah, in the quarters, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And then I would assume you have Germany in the semifinals? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. So semifinal, <laughs> semifinalist one for Matt is Germany. 
Uh, on the next line, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess you have maybe England making the semis. Uh, uh, Wales, Wales versus Austria. So I have, I have Wales playing um, playing Croatia. Okay. In a six game, a six goal, excuse me, stunner, four two to Wales. Uh, Andy King with the brace, biased. Um, and then um, I have uh, I have Wales. I mean not Wales. I'm sorry. I have Wales facing Austria, who will upset Belgium. Who will upset Belgium? Uh, in those uh, round of 16, yeah. My, so my uh, on that side of the bracket, I've got Germany, Czech, Wales, Austria, and Germany playing Wales in the semi. Okay. What's, uh, what, what are you looking like over on that side? Uh, see, I have England and Switzerland, which are two teams that played together in their qualifying group, and I have England advancing, and then I have Iceland and Ireland in that other round of 16 match with Iceland winning. And then England versus Iceland, I've got England. So my my top half of the bracket semifinal is Spain versus England, whereas you have Germany and Wales. Um, I have Wales actually making it to the quarters, uh, but I don't have them uh, getting farther than that. I have them on the bottom side of the bracket where they run into the France buzzsaw. So. Yeah, so we're kind of flip-flopped on our brackets here. Yeah, and I think when that's like, going to happen too, because you and I are a little bit. Uh, I think we have a lot of the same teams making it to the final sixteen, but we don't have uh, or an agreement on where they finish in, in kind of group play. So, mm -hmm. give me your bottom two semifinalists and work me back. So uh, I've got I've got um, my bottom two. Um, so well, my other half of the bracket was was uh, is Poland Russia. Um, Italy, Spain, okay. France, Sweden, and uh, England, Iceland. So I have them facing each other on the opposite side of the bracket. Okay. Um, I've got uh, I've got England and France advancing to play mm -hmm. each other, and uh, Poland and Italy. Actually, I have <coughs> Italy getting a little payback for um, the shellacking four years ago. Um, if it plays out that way, probably not. <laughs> but uh, um, we can dream. That's what that's right. that's what we learned this well, year. We again, can dream. That's why we that's why we fill the brackets out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in uh, so my uh, what again? A quarterfinal round, I guess. Um. Or no, that's be semis now, isn't it? So you, who are your semifinals? Italy and France. Italy and France. Yeah. So okay. um, France beating England. Poland beating uh, Italy beating Poland, Wales beating Austria, and Germany beating the Czech Republic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's what, uh, what's your side of the bracket looking like over there? I have uh, somewhat similar. Um, we both have Poland instead of Russia. Mm -hmm. I have Slovakia. Um, then I've got Belgium and Croatia, France, Sweden. That's identical, and then Wales and Portugal. So I've got France and Wales as a quarterfinal matchup, and that I think would be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, with France moving on. And then the other quarterfinal matchup on that half of the bracket, I have Belgium and Poland, which also I think would be a lot of fun to watch. Mm, um, yeah. And then I have Belgium-France in my other semifinal. Um, that could be very interesting. And then, so my, my semifinals are England-Spain, Belgium-France. I've got France making it to the final. I've got England upsetting Spain. 
I really like that England has a good mix of youth and experience. I really do. Rashford coming on and and winning it all. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think Rashford's going to see much time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I certainly. I really hope. Uh, especially, I'm glad you brought this up early in the podcast. And if you stuck it out with us, congratulations. We're almost there. Well done. Uh, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I really think, and you know, I don't agree with a lot of what Roy Hodgson does, but I think he's got the right personnel to sort of play it conservative. Uh, and I've talked about this a little bit with the American national team. Um, a lot of times you want to bring on or start your experience, guys. Just keep – don't shoot yourself in the foot early in a game like this. Uh, and so getting 60 minutes out of Wayne Rooney, holding up the ball, helping in possession, helping spring people, um, and then bringing on Jamie Vardy for the last 20, 30 minutes. You want to deal with that when you have tired legs? I don't. And then maybe Raheem Sterling in there. I mean, you, you put guys with the speed of Sterling and Vardy coming at you in the final 20. You've got Della Ali maybe coming on to, to clean up behind him. I mean, that's a scary prospect. So I also think the English are going to travel really well with it being in France. I think that a lot of the teams there that are near there are going to do well. Um, and really the only reason I don't have Germany making it through here is just because I cannot figure out their back line. And I don't. I still. I don't trust Germany to score a lot of goals. Uh, you know, they they still haven't figured out who their striker is. I know that Mario Gomez has kind of had a resurgence since he went to Besiktas, but um, I, I just don't see it. So I've got England and France in the final, which the the European, the English speaking media will just have a field day with that. Um, and then England, of course, just gets blown out of the water because Dimitri Payet and company i think are just i just don't see france losing on their home turf um you know they're they're right. peaking at the right time and they're at home and i just think that's a dangerous combination well and um push comes to shove like i don't i don't think ngolo conte will start for france but if if a game kind of you know gets out of hand they start if they're losing you know too much possession mm-hmm. um he's, he's just gonna come on and gobble the ball back up yeah, it, um, I, the, the, behind France Pines. is one of those teams that's like Spain or like England, uh, that or even Germany. That they're just it's it's just so unfair how deep that roster is. Right? Can we borrow a couple for America, <laughs> please? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why we're snatching kids out of you know snatching kids. It sounds you know like we're stealing them, but you know persuading them to. Kind of the American dream, like what uh, the guy from Iceland, right? Yeah, Aaron um, Hansen. Which yeah, he's got to be Hansen. kicking himself now. Yeah, I mean, you can't get a you can't get a start in our squad, which yeah. I think is sad. Now, part of that's because he he was hurt this year for uh, Werder Bremen, but even still, uh, it's it's not uh, it's certainly not been the international career he dreamed, and he'd be starting for Iceland, plain and simple. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. You do what you can. You make the decisions that you make. So, uh, to, so to recap, give me your semifinalists again and your finalists and who you have winning it all. So, Germany-Wales, Italy-France. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Italy-France game goes to PKs. That's just very typical of them. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember what I have. <laughs> the scoreline going for... Uh, 
for uh, Germany Wales. I think it's I have a quite quite a high scoring game, all things considered. Um, let's see, yeah, Germany three two, um, and uh, Italy one, France two, and um, and then uh, so I got Germany France in the final, and um, I don't think France will allow as many goals as I've written them down to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm awful at predicting scores for games. Well, it's so. tough in soccer because so many things can influence. You look at the U.S. Columbia game; it was a two-zero game, but you know the U.S. was really kind of unlucky to give up two goals in a game like that. So um, you just never know. And then they come out and score four against a, a pretty solid Costa Rica team. It's just that's the yeah, way that games shake out. So situ- just like the final in 2012, you know, who would have thought Spain four, Italy zero? But you know, things happen. And you go from there. So, and you have France winning it all or Germany? I have France winning it all. Yeah. France 3-2. I, um, I just, I, I can't see them losing. I, I think they're clearly the favorite and everybody else is kind of a dark horse at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think the Germans will pick them to win it. Um, sure, you know, Spanish as well. I think Italy will just be, you know, the Italians will just be glad if they make it out of the group for a change. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's usually when. You know, usually, when, um, usually Italy has somebody though, like Mario Balotelli or Luca Toni or, or somebody, uh, you know, that you just think that's the guy, that's the guy who's gonna when push comes to shove, that's the guy. And I'm not a, saying it couldn't be Adair, and I'm not saying it couldn't be El Shirawi or Pella, but I just don't get that feeling with this team. Yeah. Well, I I mean, um, what, when they hosted it, it was uh, Toto Schiacci. Um, you know, came out of nowhere, won yeah. the Golden Boot. Um, Italy didn't win that tournament, but um, you know, if you just this guy who came out of nowhere didn't really have like a great career. I mean, it could be Jamie Vardy right there for you. Um, I mean, he comes out of nowhere and wins the Golden Boot. Of course, I guess it would now it wouldn't be out of nowhere, but a year ago, you know, if we were to have this right. conversation about Euro 2016, it would have been like, who? What? Nah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it, could be, it could be one of those situations, and like you said, you never know what happens in a game. Somebody makes some stupid mistake, gets a red card. Um, you know, this, they could flip this tournament on its head. Yeah. Well, and I think, and, and we both touched on this at the top, um, as we wrap things up here, we both have France winning. If you stuck it out with us, uh, I think the number one takeaway is, aside from maybe the top four, the cream of the crop in this tournament, it's it's anyone's guess. More so than usual, I would say, uh, as to who wins or, or, or who's going to make a splash or make a deep run. But again, that's kind of how this tournament always shakes out. So... Um, you and I are both pretty confident France is going to go deep. We're both pretty confident that you're going to see the likes of maybe Belgium or Wales or Germany or Spain in the later rounds, but uh, or England especially. But after that, good luck. So, yeah, <laughs> your guess is as good as ours. Exactly. That's a, and I think that's a good way to end it. So thanks again for listening. As Matt just said, your guess is as good as ours, and we'll kick things off here Friday. Oh, where to begin? We are North America.